Welcome to the X-Men Task Podcast, the Spider-Man Years. My name is Willie Simpson. My name is Sonia Rappaport. Sonia, we have reached the end of yet another classic Marvel animated series from the 1990s, the Spider-Man animated series. We are in Season 5, Episode 65, Secret Wars, Chapter 5, Farewell Spider-Man. Or Farewell Spider-Man if you're watching on Amazon. <laughs> right. On Amazon Prime, they have a typo in the title calling it Farewell Spider-Man, and we had to do a, a, quite a bit of double-checking to make sure this wasn't some reference to some character named Farwell that, you know, we missed or something along the way. But it is Farewell Spider-Man. Um, the end of a, another animated series, like I said, but before we talk about it, let me just get the plugs out of the way. Join me, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Willie Simpson. Join the X-Men Task podcast on Facebook, and rate review is five stars on iTunes, uh, and um, tell all your friends and family about it. Um, Sonia... Uh, just to reiterate, the end of the Spider-Man animated series, how do you yeah. feel? I just want to say real quick, because you did the plug for the Facebook group, don't feel like you can't join the Facebook group just because we're finished with a couple series here. A lot of times people join that are starting the podcast for the first time and just kind of like uh, making some comments and stuff along the way as they listen. And everybody else pretty much has been listening and comments back. So, like, it's still fun. Don't don't be afraid to join the group if you're late to the party. It's all good. And the party is not ending. Uh, this podcast, um, despite us finishing the X-Men animated series, which you can go back and listen to all those episodes, now concluding the Spider-Man animated series, we are going to figure out a way to carry on um, throughout the the years here, we've talked about uh, possible things we're going to do. We might get to those things. We might get to all those things. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, this is all for fun, so we're just going to kind of do what we feel like. But it'll be Marvel or superhero-related content. Yeah. I mean, the one thing we promise that f we're for sure going to do, we're going to do Spider-Man 3, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's next week or not, uh, we'll have to see, but likely. And probably some other movies coming up here, too. Yeah, so we'll be doing probably a, a lot more movies, um, some fun stuff we've talked about throughout the time before we tackle our next show, whatever that might be. Um, we are open to suggestion, too, so another uh, fun reason to join the X-Men Task podcast on Facebook to uh, discuss it with us. But Spider-Man 3, for sure, that's happening. Um from from there we'll continue to talk but uh this episode the mighty conclusion to the spider-man animated series this i would say in theme of this being season five episode 65 secret wars chapter five it's a top five episode mm -hmm. <laughs> um a top three episode perhaps i mean this is it's one of the most satisfying conclusions to uh any anime classic animated series satisfying and bittersweet we'll get to that at the same time uh, it's it's the show goes out on a high note for sure. Yeah, they really figure out how to come back around to characters and themes that they've brought up in the past and didn't have resolution. They they tie it up nicely. They tie it up nicely. I, I mean, you know, with one massive exception. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, we'll talk about that near the end. Um, to recap a bit, in the previous episode, after the Secret Wars, it turned out the Beyonder and Madame Web needed. Spider-Man Prime to lead a group of other interdimensional Spider-Men to save all of reality from Spider-Carnage, a likely cloned version of Peter Parker who hates the world and wants to destroy all reality with one of those uh, black portal devices. Uh, that, that we keep seeing. <laughs> right, that seems to cause so much 
cosmic destruction. I don't think that's such a far-fetched idea, though. Can you imagine if one of those existed in real life? The the trouble that it would cause. Well, luckily, no. Apparently, uh, no aliens across the great many dimensions in our reality have figured out to invent one of these devices and accidentally blown up all the dimensions because we're still here. So, <laughs> luckily, across the the vast infinite expanse of the universe, no one's quite cracked. Either it the doesn't technology. exist, or someone invented it, and we don't know about it. Right, and they're the. It's just like it's a slow moving uh, portal way. of destruction where it's going to take like maybe like a million years for its damage to spread across the uh, the universe. But so far, the Milky Way seemingly in good shape, um, and uh, we will uh, carry on. Um, Existing at the very least, despite all the world's troubles. Um, so Spider-Man has to stop Spider-Carnage from detonating this device. In the last episode, it ended on a cliffhanger where one of the international Spider-Man turned into Man-Spider and was, uh, you know, stopping... Monstering around. Monstering around, <laughs> romping and stomping, stopping the other Spider-Man from stopping Spider-Carnage. Um, so that's where we open up here. Uh they're trying to stop all the spideys are trying to stop the man spider uh, and but there's one spider-man left in the arsenal that has not been used just yet this is the so-called powerless spider-man who uh asks beyonder what he can do to help the situation right we don't i don't think they've done much exposition on this character yet other than that he was left with madam web and the beyonder in that interdimensional space um, and they're all kind of watching through some other kind of, it's not a portal exactly, it's like a window into the other dimension, they can see the action, but um, he asks to help in some way. <laughs> so the Beyonder, he's running out of power, we don't know exactly how this works, but he uses... Well, it's a narrative device, that's, yeah. that's how it works, is that he's, he, has, he's, he has great infinite power until it starts to Except run out. Except in this exact scenario. Right. So he uses the last of his power to transport um, this powerless Spider-Man into the action so that he can defuse the bomb, I guess? You, or? Yeah, it looks like he's got some computer programming skill. He's going to go in there and tap on the computers right. in uh, the Chrysler building. And then the last, last of the Beyonder's power goes to transporting the Man-Spider out of there so that he's, like, not in the way, right. basically. And then he himself, the Beyonder, has to go back to his own dimension. To recharge and to lick his wounds. Mm -hmm. So Beyonder will be out of the picture. Um, meanwhile, so with the Man-Spider out of the way, the other, the two remaining Spider-Man, I guess it's the Scarlet Spider or Ben Riley, and regular Spider-Man are... Spider-Man Prime, we They're trying to stop Spider-Carnage, but Kingpin is now on the scene. He is fighting all these characters too and they're trying to explain to him that spider carnage has tricked him and um, kingpin does not like that he doesn't like when he gets duped because he feels so smart right but he's often duped right so <laughs> there's I, you know at this moment there's a lot of kerfluffling going around spider carnage is like about to kill powerless spider-man but the other spider-man are sort of getting an admission of guilt out of Spider Carnage that the device will destroy all of reality. Right. And it's at this point that Kingpin tackles Spider Carnage with his great strength. And uh it sort of it it, it they they stop this Spider Carnage's first main act of evil in that 
He's not going to be able to detonate the bomb in this dimension, but he does use the portal. He sort of rips it out of the computer, the little the transporter device, much like we've seen with that Dr. Rome guy and when he was the spot. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got one of these things now, and he transports himself away. And um, it's at this point that Madam Web uses her powers, which apparently are basically equal to the Beyonders, except... She's hooked into that chair. Right, the only difference, it seems. Pink smoke power. And she transports all the Spider Man and Kingpin back to the neutral zone dimension. Right. She quickly realizes Kingpin is there and puts him back where he came from. So Well, she sends him to jail, right? Oh, right. Yeah? Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> she says that, something that, good. like, I'm going to send him to jail while he'll be under lock and key. Or maybe that's a future Kingpin. I'm not sure. There's a couple of Kingpins in this episode. Yeah. And they both have to be dealt with. Um, it doesn't really matter about Kingpin. Um, but she's seen that Spider Carnage has gone into a different uh, one of the Spider-Man's dimensions. Uh, it's the the one that we've been calling Alpha Spider-Man <laughs> that has like the black and silver suit. He's like really arrogant and right. uh, aggressive. I say this is future Tom Holland Spider-Man. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, it, it's similar though. You know, what I, he's got like an Iron Spider suit. He's rich. Uh, a lot has gone his way and in the Tom Holland universe we're not entirely sure about the fate of Uncle Ben either that's true I guess and also he gets all that tech from from um, Tony Stark yeah hmm. I mean I'm stretching there on Uncle Ben it's heavily implied in the Tom Holland version that Uncle Ben was killed but they just have not even said his name yet mm. I think they've just shown his initials on a suitcase that Tom Holland had but either way uh, it's an interesting version of Spider-Man it is it's Alpha Spider-Man um, this is definitely a character they've done in the comics before, too. And he's rich, he's he's a billionaire, he's like Tony Stark. And unlike Spider-Man, everything in his world has gone his way. Right. So Madame Web knows that Spider-Carnage has gone there. So her plan is to transport our Spider-Man Prime, our Spider-Man, over there to put a stop to whatever he's doing with that portal. But she doesn't have a lot of power left either, I guess. So she says, oh, I can't put you there with pinpoint accuracy. I'll put you in the dimension, and then you're going to have to find Spider Carnage for yourself and do the best you can. Yeah. Um, so she transports him in, and a lot of like confusing things happen to him right away. <laughs> <laughs> he runs first into Gwen Stacy. Which is exciting that they, they put Gwen Stacy in the final episode. That's kind of fun. Yeah, we read in the trivia that they didn't want to use Gwen Stacy at first because... She dies horribly, and they don't yeah, really it was too want to shoehorn in that plot line. For, the like, the Saturday morning cartoon, they didn't want to get into it. I mean, they more or less killed Mary Jane. I mean, I know she's not really dead, It wasn't but gruesome, though. It wasn't gruesome, and it's like a mystery is where she went, but they it's the same effect on Spider-Man. He mourns for her. He feels guilty. You know, it's a big impact on his life in the cartoon. Mm, so true. even though they didn't have the Gwen Stacy plot line, they kind of like went there anyway. Yeah, well, Spider-Man's a tragic character, yeah. so like, <laughs> bad we'll stuff has to episode. happen to him, yeah. except in the Alpha universe. But right. yeah, so he runs into Gwen, and he's like real confused. He doesn't know who she is, and she's like, "Don't you know your fiance? Like, what happened to you?" But she also kind of shrugs off the fact that he's acting weird and doesn't seem to remember her. Um, right, he's acting strange, obviously. Uh, you know, the thing about Gwen Stacy, I think we've brought her up a few times. We'll have to talk about her during the Spider-Man 3 episode, uh, movie. Mm. Um, I guess we talked about her, we must have talked about her when we did the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Uh, when, who is, who plays her? Uh, Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone. Uh, 
you know, Gwen Stacy, I, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this, in the comments, she's kind of like, whatever. She's just another girlfriend for Spider-Man. There's mm-hmm. nothing too amazing about I mean, the only, the most interesting about, thing about her is that they kill her. Right. It's not like she was some, I mean, yeah, she was in love, they were in love, Peter and Gwen Stacy, but again, it's like, there's, that's the thing about her character that's like, that sticks out in people's minds. It's not anything else, so... I think the fact that they did decide to kill her is, it, it, like, it probably s- reflected that r- aspect that, like, we've got, like, this just regular boring... Right. She herself is not a character. It's that her death is a character in Peter's life. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. like... I mean, yeah, it was like a big loss in Peter's life, but narratively or creatively speaking, it's like it made sense that they got rid of Gwen Stacy in a way. Um, but or they could have built up her personality and given yeah, her actual character exactly, traits. Exactly, right. I think but that's a they better, went the other way. That's probably a better solution <laughs> of what was going on. They just didn't do a good job making her into anything special. <laughs> so, you know, she's like very much built up in the lore of the Spider-Man fans and the Spider-Man universe. But, you know, I, I think it's just kind of like not... Uh, like we said, it's it's like more about her death than anything else. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's still fun to see her in the final episode. I think this is like... Uh, like a cool interesting way to have that character without like going into all of that mm-hmm. so she you know it's this classic thing like the only thing that annoys me about this episode well annoys not the right word but just it feels very tropey is that peter can't he doesn't he forgets that he's in an alternate dimension at times Mm. Well, because everything matches his own reality. Even when he first gets transported in, he kind of has to web-sling around some buildings to look for spider carnage and, you know, do what he came there to do. And he himself is marveling at, wow, like, it's so similar. Like, it looks just like my reality. So it, I, <laughs> I think it's just that it's disorienting for him because he doesn't know what to expect is going to be different or the same. But ha- isn't he used to disorientation? Hasn't he been through enough at this point, especially in recent days with the secret wars? And So he should be desensitized to really, disorientation. He really should be a bit more focused. <laughs> I don't know focused. if it works like that. I know, but it's just still, he's he knows that. Right, yeah. Things are, are askew and that he's not in on planet, his prime planet Earth. Yeah, I getcha. Well, Gwen says to him, like, come on. Like, he takes off his spider mask, mm-hmm. revealing that he's Peter Parker. He's she like, She kisses him, right? Yeah, and he's like, What? What's happening? But then she says, like, Come on, we have to go downstairs. Uh, the This building is being uh, named the Peter Parker Foundation or something. Like, you're the guest of honor. You better be there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, cool, you're wearing your classic Spider-Man suit, not your current uh, Iron Spider suit. Right. So she's not surprised that he's Spider-Man. She's not surprised that he's dressed as Spider-Man. And His um, voice is a bit different, though. I, you know, the Alpha Spider-Man's got a deeper, more arrogant voice than yeah. this version of Spider-Man. So, But nobody in the episode picks up on that. Right. So she goes back down to the party, and she's like, all right, come on and make your grand entrance like soon. Just stay here for a second you know, until we're ready for you or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, nope, not going to do that. So, <laughs> he goes like spider-crawling around. Here's the next like fun aspect of, the, of this episode. He finds the Spider-Sentinel. Right. Uh, well, I don't know if it's called that. I, mean, I guess it's called the Spider-Robot. And it's something that Alpha Spider-Man mentioned in the previous episode, that he's got his own robot. There's a lot of robots that look vaguely like spiders in this universe. Right. I mean, starting with the Spider Slayers were the big thing from Smythe. Uh, so but this one looks exactly like Spider-Man, more it, than a spider. It does. I mean, it's fun. It's like this huge, like, 
like Japanese Spider-Man. I wonder if it's actually from the if it's a tribute to the uh, Japanese Spider-Man show that they had in the 70s and 80s in Japan mm. where I think Spider-Man has like a giant robot that he sits in the head in like the Power Rangers. Kind of makes you want to go buy an action figure, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. So it might be a nod to that. I'm not sure. Um, but it is cool. It's a, I, To me, it was like, oh, this is like a Sentinel, but it's a Spider-Man Sentinel. Right. Yeah, that's a good description. Right. So I was calling it the Spider-Sentinel in our notes here. Um and it turns out that the Spider Sentinel is being remotely controlled by Spider Carnage, who's in some other room somewhere with a microphone speaking into it, telling it to kill Spider-Man. Right. Now, this is another little thing, let's nitpick, where it responds to the commands of Peter Parker's voice only. But Spider Carnage is giving the orders to the Spider Sentinel in his gravelly Venom voice. Spider-Man mentioned this in the last episode or a couple episodes ago when he first meets Spider-Carnage. He's like, wow, he has my voice. He sounds just like me, something like that. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. He, he sounds, sounds like, like Carnage. Right. He sounds like if Spider-Man had the Batman vocal muffler. S scrambler thing. Remember that he uses in the recent Batman movie. It's like movies? a double track of his voice or something. It sounds tinny. Yeah, it sounds tinny and it sounds uh, overdriven and sort of like yeah. uh, like reflected in a way. I mean, it's cool. It's an evil voice. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the robot, I, I don't know, I guess the robot uh, recognizes the timber. Uh, is it timber <laughs> or timbre? I, I think know. I'm repeating a joke from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, the timber in the spider carnage's voice, so that's how it responds to it. Anyway, both Spider-Men are giving this robot commands, and uh, in classic cartoon robot... Does not compute. Does not compute. Its head explodes, <laughs> and this threat is neutralized. Uh-huh. Um, what happens next here? Well, at <laughs> the robot is neutralized and disappears, or maybe... No, Peter his head goes blows into up. A, it just falls down. I, okay, so I guess Peter goes into a different room or something, and who wanders in but Mary Jane Watson? She's making a final appearance in the final episode. Peter run. He's like overwhelmed with joy to see her, and like goes up to her and professes his love, and you know wants to like hug her and stuff. And Mary Jane is so confused. <laughs> yeah, I I found this to be total bullshit that he can't realize that this is not his Mary Jane. Although the odds of her walking in in this room are like one in a trillion. Mm -hmm. What is she even doing at this party? Right. She says that like they barely know each other. Yeah. So like why? It's interesting it's, though that... It would that... make sense if she was in the friend circle with uh, Felicia and you know. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Felicia doesn't show up in this scene, does she? I don't think so. But, I didn't um, see her. What's his name is there? The... Flash. Flash Thompson's and there. And Deborah Whitman. Deborah Whitman and... Well, but not yet. We're skipping ahead. Harry Hold on. Osborne, yeah. Hold on. So Peter's professing his love. MJ's confused. She's also like a little stuck up in this universe, which is kind of funny because the Spider-Man, the Peter Parker from this universe is also a little stuck up. So <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, did Mary Jane also just get like a good stroke of luck in this dimension where everything's going her way yeah, and it makes a, her like a little arrogant she, or something right she might be a world famous fashion model in this universe it's, or actress it's hard to say right i mean she's at this fancy event so she's probably high status and then aunt anna comes in and sees the two of them together and is like what's going on here and peter's like i love her he's like you know <laughs> aunt whatever. anna is over the moon because in this universe peter's a billionaire right she's like oh i'm so happy to hear you say that so her, you know her opinion has totally changed and then like all these other that's people that's when peter realizes that, oh this is not my mary jane right yeah <laughs> just stupid of him that's what it takes all these other people start trickling in 
Um, turns out JJ is his godfather in this universe. <laughs> the Kingpin is his lawyer. It's pretty funny. This is where Deborah Whitman and Flash Thompson and like all, you know all these people they're all dressed up for this big party. The um, founding of this organization or whatever in Peter's name. So they all come in and and Peter again, has no secret identity in this universe. Too. Right, he's standing there in his Spider-Man costume, but no mask on, and none of them say which, anything. Which about again, it. it speaks to the to me. It speaks to the Tom. Like I could see this being the future of the Tom Holland MCU Spider-Man, mm. because at the end of that, the last movie, he was revealed as being Peter Parker. Right, on he the technically news. has a lot of the resources of Tony Stark. You know, yep. it's like I'm sure he'll get over. The fact that he's been framed for Mysterio's death, like, that'll be resolved quickly, I bet, in the mm -hmm. next movie. And it's just all going to be about, like, he's a world-famous celebrity now, and what's he going to do with his life kind of thing. You know, I, I have yeah. a feeling that's where they're going to go. That. So I'm saying, like, that's why I see a lot of allusions to this Alpha Spider-Man being, like, the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Well, um, <laughs> just as things are... Uh, I don't know. He's getting ready to go to this party or something, to, I guess. He has to, like, get out of this mob of his friends. And... The kingpin says, like, oh, Peter, I have something that I must discuss with you as your lawyer. And Peter's like, great, an excuse to get out of here. Thanks, kingpin. So he follows the kingpin into another his office or something, and the kingpin has one of these high-tech chairs that has, like, metal cables that strap Peter in so he can't move. Which the kingpin seems to have a patent on that technology of <laughs> chairs that shoot flying cables out that... He really does seem to have one of them in every location. A real that bondage he is. situation. Even though it's more like Doc Ock sort of technology. It looks like just like sort you know, of uh, little, like tentacles, self-aware self tentacles that know exactly where to fly into the air yeah. to trap somebody. Um, it, you know, if Kingpin is Peter's lawyer in this universe, why does he have this kind of technology? Is he is he a lawyer? Or is he He's also an evil man? lawyer? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So Spider Carnage um, is in cahoots with Kingpin right. in Kingpin's this universe like, too. Yeah, he's like, oh, Spider Carnage explained everything about all the dimensions, the whole backstory, and of course I believed him, and I'm going to use this knowledge with Spider Carnage to help take over the world with him. Right. So Spider Carnage transforms himself into just looking like regular Peter Parker, and the two of them go down to the party while they keep Peter tied up tape over his mouth and stuff like well, no, in this web, room. web fluid over oh, yeah, his mouth right webs his face um and yeah spider carnage goes masquerading as the regular peter parker but Meanwhile, yeah gwen stacy has some kind of a heartbeat monitor tracker device yeah that always knows where peter is but would it also track the spider carnage's heartbeat i mean he is the same guy you would think yeah, you would think that, but... <laughs> a few plot holes in this episode, but still, it's fun. There's no reason to dwell yeah, on Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Only if you have a podcast where you had to talk about every single episode do you delve into these questions. Um, and anyway, she uses her little heart tracking device to, to find Peter up in this room. She frees him, and uh, they go downstairs to the party where Spider-Man faces Spider-Carnage and starts a big fight with him. Uh, at the opportune moment, Gwen... There's two of them. So they're, they're tussling around. Again, this is... I, I don't understand why people can't recognize that Spider Carnage is a hideous monster. Because, <laughs> he, you know, he puts back on his venom face with the crooked teeth and yeah. shooting gross red tentacles from his hands. It's it's just surprising. People are like, it's two Spider-Men. It's like, no, one's clearly a monster. And the other is a regular Spider-Man. Um, yeah. 
I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to There's tell you. There's just like a lot. People are just like lazy, lazy ob- observational thinking in this universe. Mm-hmm. Well, secretly, Gwen has a sound ray gun. So as they're fighting, Spider- Spider-Man tells her like, now, Gwen, and she shoots it and uh, the sound uh, circles come out of it and <laughs> uh, it incapacitates Spider-Carnage temporarily. Yeah. But Wilson Fisk stand- is standing right next to her and stops her. Uh, so that Spider-Carnage is able to kidnap Gwen and run away, and of course then Spider-Man has to give chase. But as he's whip-slinging around thinking about how he's going to stop this guy, he has a realization saying that it's not a simply a matter of beating him up in a fight. I've got to outthink him because he is me. And he gets a like a really brilliant stroke of genius of self-reflective genius about what to do mm-hmm. and I, they cut back to the madam web neutral zone place and alpha spider-man's like why do you stop it's like he's gotta he's gotta rescue my girlfriend mm-hmm. and madam web, has, web who's funny in this episode uh has a good line she's like he's finally using his head you dunda not like you yeah, yeah she has a lot of contempt for the alpha spider-man she yeah. takes a, a few digs his at life him. has been too good she <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't. She realizes he doesn't have the soul of a true, uh, full-hearted Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Spider-Man finds Spider Carnage and Gwen on a rooftop somewhere. He's Spider Carnage is setting up, trying to set up the portal. He has some weird lines about like what his plan is now to destroy reality. He's like, I'm going to destroy it one dimension at a time. Although. It does seem like it's the same thing he's doing before where it was going to destroy the whole universe at the same time. Yeah, he just has like a huge swirling black portal open up over the building that's expanding to the size of the city right. or the earth or he's, something. He's got uh, Gwen suspended with his weird tentacles with another hand over the roof. like uh, Over the side of the roof, Over yeah. the side of the he's roof. He's like threatening the, to drop so, her. So you get a little taste of the, the Gwen Stacy death that uh, might come. Although not really. You know she's going to be fine. Right. Um, so anyway, but Spider-Man has a, an ace up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "You know, I realize that I can't fight you or talk you out of this, but I brought someone with me who you might want to actually talk to." And out steps Uncle Ben, who is alive in this universe. An aged Uncle Ben, alive and well. Uh, which I think it's smart of Spider-Man Prime to realize that Uncle Ben might be alive because also is a stroke of luck that he was alive. Yeah. Because anything could happen in this alternate dimension. He doesn't know. That's true. But I think, like, Peter's hunch is that for a universe where everything went well for me, it means Uncle Ben lived. Right. That's true. Uh, So that's kind of an interesting... uh, It's just a great, like, it's a great plot point. Mm-hmm. It's and and it's really smart and it really ties the whole Spider-Man universe together mm-hmm. in a satisfying way. So Uncle Ben appears, presumably filled in on the backstory about the alternate dimensions too, from this this version of Peter who is not his real nephew. Yeah, no, he says you know that this Peter explained everything to me, and I'm here to tell you, you know, no matter what, you're still Peter on the inside. I know that you don't have this like evil inside of you. Uh, well, he says you've got an evil inside oh, of you right, that you yeah. have to expel. But he's, he basically says, like, I know that's not you, right. you know? Like, I love you no matter what. Remember, great power comes great responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Right, so Spider-Carnage, like, he's he gets his Peter face and he's crying. <laughs> and he's completely torn about what to do. And uh, Well, he's not torn, really. He's he's like, yeah, you're right. I have to get this thing like out of right, me. Right, yeah. But try as he I, might. I, I meant that right. He's tried to tear the symbiote out of him. Right. And the symbiote like separates sort of for a minute. Like the his head separates or something. Yeah, it becomes that weird two-dimensional 
cool gooey, demon spirit. Goop. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but, it, you know, it, Peter Parker isn't strong enough to he, get the symbiote. He says it's too painful to really separate with him. Right. So what he does is he programs the portal again. Well, he shrinks the big portal that's going to destroy all reality. And he makes a smaller portal, jumps in without the portal device. And uh, at this point, Prime Peter says, wow, he evaporated himself. Peter, I think Peter Prime here feels like really guilty about it because he I feels like, him. right, he's like, oh, it's my fault or He was whatever. just standing around doing that. But Uncle Ben kind of alleviates that feeling. He's like, no, he did what he felt like he had to do. There's nothing that, else that you could have done to help him. I mean, yeah, I mean, for a show that tries to avoid death at all times, it was, it, it had to end this way. This Spider Carnage character is too evil. There's enough Spider-Men as it is. They could kill one of them and not you know risk angering the the censors but also he went into a portal so it's not exactly death and it's also the last episode too well no <laughs> i mean peter pretty much says he evaporated i don't know or I, what does he say he eviscerated himself like i don't know he uses some kind of word that makes it seem that he's dead not that he's lost in a time portal yeah but still it's like it could be a little ambiguous i think well i mean the portals that this spider carnage were making were like destroy the whole universe portals they weren't just let's jump from one place to another portal. that's true he does explain when he sets up the device on the rooftop he that right it creates anything an that goes into it ceases to exist yeah so okay yeah yeah so he does die so uh, we do we get a death here spider carnage is gone but he's a clone too so because uh science fiction has taught us that most clones are evil <laughs> that it's okay that clones die <laughs> Clones shouldn't exist. I, I don't know. That's the, I feel like that's the subtle messaging we get from a lot of the science fiction. Mm. That clones can't possibly be good. I mean, <laughs> that's also the message you get from humanity at large in the real universe, too. That, you know, cloning is outlawed internationally for the most part. Right. Like, cloning because shouldn't the, exist as a technology. The ethical ambiguity. Right. There's a lot of weird ethics with cloning. So, um, clones be damned. Um, at this point, well, Peter gets, Prime Peter gets a moment with Uncle Ben, which is nice. What a wish fulfillment fantasy for him. Right. He gets to say a proper goodbye. And, um, yeah. And Uncle Ben's like, I'm proud of you, Peter. Right. And so then Madam Web, uh, you know, she seems restored and she said before that her power was fading as well, but she seems fine now. She transports Spider-Man back to her neutral zone and she congratulates him and, uh, She's got one last task for Spider-Man. Right. She sends all the other Spider-Men back to their respective dimensions. But she says, um, you know, now, Spider-Man Prime, your last task is that you have to go with the powerless Spider-Man to his dimension. To take him home. Right. So this is where it gets like a little bit meta. I like this as the last episode. I think this is really cool. Yeah, it's super appropriate to get meta here. Uh, it's, it's just it's like kind of like the end of Marvel Comics in a way. Like they've done this trick before in the comic books at times where like the Fantastic Four famously, they ascend through like the higher rankings of the cosmic Marvel hierarchy we're always talking about with, you know, the Galactus, with Galactus, Beyonder, Eternity, like all these weird characters and then it's like you get to, like, the highest characters in the Marvel Universe, these godlike figures, like the Living Tribunal. Mm-hmm. And then above them, you get to the real gods. And it's always, like, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I think the Fantastic Four meet them at one point 
and they realize like that like oh that's who god is (laughs) (laughs) so we get this is sort of what happens here in this last episode uh the spider-man actor christopher christopher daniel barnes although they don't say his name uh he takes uh He's the powerless Spider-Man, it turns out. So he explains to Spider-Man Prime, like our Spider-Man, that uh, I'm actually just an actor that plays you on TV and, like, does your voice and stuff. And Peter... Well, he doesn't say that I do your voice. I mean, I'm not quite sure what they're Yeah, he says something like that. He does? Yeah, he says, like, oh, I'm just an actor that plays you on TV in this dimension. Right, but he doesn't say it's a cartoon. That's true. He doesn't say it's a cartoon. Right. Um... And uh, Spider-Man's like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so in this world, I'm a hero, or at least, you know, I'm made to be a hero. Right. And he takes him to meet Stan Lee. Right. So Stan Lee gets a, a pretty satisfying cameo to he help gets to close go, out the series. He says, oh, I've always wanted to go web-slinging in real life. And, like, Spider-Man's, he's, like, hanging around um, Spider-Man's shoulders as they web-sling right. through the city. Right, like, shouting, wahoo, as they're swinging <laughs> around. And... It's funny because, again, another character's filled in on all the alternate dimensions in the Secret Wars. Right. <laughs> because Stanley makes reference to it. He's like, wow, you saved all reality. <laughs> uh, so I, I have some nitpicky questions about this whole scenario that okay. I want to get into. Let's see. One, uh, like, would it mean that much to prime Peter Parker to meet Stan Lee? I think it would be more weird than anything that, oh, there's this reality where I'm just a, like a fictional character, which he says, mm-hmm. and I get like I get the character of Spider-Man. He's got all the troubles that I do, but he's a hero to people in the world through fiction. So he appreciates that, but I also think it would be more weird of him. But he there's something where he acknowledges Stan Lee as his great guy. I think he'd be more weirded out at the coincidence of events mm. that like led his his life to be a fiction as opposed to truth. I don't know if he would be so like uh what's the right word sort of like humbled or honored that this version of him exists. Hmm. I think he'd be a little bit like strange like okay madam webb thanks for showing me this weird random reality. Yeah. Like in making me meet this guy who quote unquote invented me. In my universe the people who invented me were my parents and I'm a real person. Right. I'm not like a a, a creation. Right. Like he it doesn't seem likely that he would see Stanley as a god character in this scenario. Right or some like yeah. benevolent like guy Creator. that he want to be friends with. I I don't know like what it's just, but again it's meta so the point is that, of like this, Peter Parker would see the value in Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, other nitpicks. Uh, Stanley, I mean, Stanley does make mention of Jack Kirby mm-hmm. in a phone call. He's like Jack. Uh, he's like, although, if you want, we've talked a lot throughout this podcast history about like what did Stanley invent versus what did Jack Kirby invent and what did Steve Ditko invent. Steve Ditko's name not mentioned at all in this episode, mm-hmm. who's probably more responsible for creating Spider-Man than Stan Lee. And then there's people who've argued that Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby himself, has argued that I had a lot to do with creating Spider-Man too. Mm-hmm. So you know, you get a little bit of that like coloring of history to make Stan Lee seem like the uber creator yeah more than maybe he's supposed to be yeah but you know you could forgive that we've talked a lot too in this podcast in the various episodes about like we at least I'm on the side of forgiving Stan Lee I'm not like one of these ardent anti-Stan Lee guys that just thinks he's a charlatan and that all his artists did all the work and Stan Lee just took the credit Mm -hmm. I think there's a bit more to it than that I think Stan Lee definitely had his hand in making these characters 
So we could forgive that a bit. But still, no mention of Steve Ditko. Mm. Um, although, then again, it's like I don't think Steve Ditko would want to be mentioned uh, because he's, one, he was like a famous recluse for most of his life post-Spider-Man. Two, he like, I don't know how much he was cut into the merchandising deal. It's not like he was getting money from this cartoon, probably. Right. So he he probably didn't give a shit that his name wasn't mentioned in the creation of his, you know, in, in for his most famous character. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, he... Like I said, recluse, so therefore nobody would care. I don't even know if you knew there was a Spider-Man show that existed. Um, but again, like, forget all that. That's just nitpicking. It's fun to see Stanley in the cartoon, web-slinging around, and then we get some funny, like, Stanley dialogue uh, between him and Madam Web. Well, actually, even before that, like, after they're web-slinging... Uh, they stop up on a rooftop somewhere <laughs> and you know they have a little heart to heart Spider-Man right. and Stanley and Spider-Man kind of explains like well these are all the things that have like happened in my life and here's how I feel and all this stuff mm-hmm. and Stanley says something like uh, wow like you're not even like the Spider-Man that I've been writing about all these years he says something to indicate like wow you've had real character growth oh, yeah. essentially <laughs> you know which is like yet another line that's just kind of meta because yeah. I feel like the the storylines do work really hard to give Spider-Man character growth yeah <laughs> he just like spelled it out well the thing is it's like in the comic books the characters do get a lot of character growth too but there's a certain point where even despite like an eternity of character growth they're stuck in some kind of arrested development yeah because of the nature of the and there's the always more to do but yeah okay right then again, and then that's like, kind of realistic you know their brains get reset <laughs> like famously happened to spider-man in the prime 606 timeline that he yeah. lost all his memories and his marriage to mary jane like that all goes out the window right so right I, not so realistic in that case but, but it's but... a funny comment by stan lee for sure because he sees this spider-man as a real person not as a you know, a comic book character that needs to exist perpetually. Right. And, um, so, uh, Madam Web appears, uh, Stanley has a funny line about Madam Web. He's like, who is this exotic lady? <laughs> and of course, you know, Madam Web is voiced by Joan Lee. So. Right. Stan's wife. Real, real life. life wife. So they're having some funny meta commentary between themselves. And, uh, doesn't, does Madam Web, maybe I'm imagining it. Does she say something like, oh, Stan Lee is quite a, yeah, they so Madam Web like picks up Spider Man and uh, you know spirits him away, and uh, Spider Man's like, oh yeah, he seems like a pretty cool guy or something, and, and Madam Web responds something like, yeah, he's a really, I think he's a real special person, a or truly something. special person. Yeah, so, so that's funny. I, I like that's that. Cute. Yeah, it's very cute. I mean, I, that stuff I never would have realized as a kid. Uh, so it's funny that that plays out. And again, kudos to Joan Lee as Madam Web throughout the series. What a great cartoon voice she has. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's not like, you'd say like, oh, this is, you can, if you're really cynical, you'd say, oh, she got this job because she's married to Stan Lee. Nepotism. And, I mean. But no, she's a great sort of actor. She is, but also it's not like a, a main part necessarily. No, it's it's not cool, like a leading role. It's, it's like a cool a, cosmic role. It's appropriate for who she is. Yeah. And, it's like a cool little uh, side character role. For her. Yeah, so... I, Not then, that she couldn't have handled something bigger. You know, I think she is really good at it. So she's it got good a, casting. She's but... got a really unique sort of haughty British voice that is very cartoony. And yeah. It's appropriate. Um, one little last moan from Stan Lee. He's on the rooftop, left alone. He's like, how am I going to get down from here? And I love that because that, to me, speaks to Stan Lee's 
practical nature when right. he's... his eye on reality like mm-hmm. as fantastical as all these stories are with the beyonder and flying mm-hmm. through space and stuff he stops to think he's, about stuff like right, that right he's worried about how uh, like in this case a character that's himself is going to get off this random rooftop like where do you go right you know like you don't you know it's like hard to get into buildings from the <laughs> tops of them like to go down steps and doors are locked and he could be trapped so yeah <laughs> it's funny and he says oh maybe the fantastic four will pick me up yeah um but uh again stanley rest in peace uh you know definitely uh we miss stanley in this universe and so uh madam web picks up spider-man and she has one last comment to him which leads to the bittersweet nature of this final episode mm-hmm. yeah she um she basically tells peter like mary jane is alive in one of these dimensions somewhere um and you deserve some happiness, so we're going to find her, and right. it's going to be another adventure for you. Right. So we don't see it happen, but we know it's going to happen. So for me, that's enough. I think it's enough, too. It is sad, though, that I think there were plans to do season six. There's a whole bunch of weird backstory about why season six didn't happen. It might, I, And I'm just going to totally speak from my ass without doing zero research, although I've read about it before. A lot of it had to do with, I think, the Marvel Studios the cartoon studio that Marvel set up, it was running out of money. That could have been a thing. Or it was something like they they wanted to launch a different Spider-Man show, which they did. The uh, Like, they launched this, like, cosmic Spider-Man 2099 show hmm. that was a failure. And I remember watching it as a kid, thinking, like, oh, is this the next season of Spider-Man? And it wasn't. But I think... And someone can correct me if I'm wrong that, weirdly, the Spider-Man 2099 show is connected to this version of Spider-Man. 2099 some... as in the year? Yeah. It's in the future? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I never heard of it. Yeah. It, it is a cartoon. I mean, we could maybe, if it's on Disney+, Plus, we could watch an episode just to see. But Because uh, I think the first episode takes place in regular Spider-Man timeline, but then it quickly jumps forward like 100 years into the future. Hmm. Uh, again, my my memories of this are not too clear, and that's the way I like to keep it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm genuinely interested, maybe I'll go in and, like I said, watch that episode to see how it all connects. But the point is, they they canceled the show, and it's this is the end. We it ends on a cliffhanger. It's kind of a bummer. Um, really, I don't think it's a bummer. I think it's hopeful. Well, I mean, in an ideal universe, there would have been a season six of Spider-Man the Animated Series. Yeah, you would have found like, Mary Jane, and then you could have had a real ending. That's fine, but it's one of those things where I don't feel like every single thing needs to be shown and, like, dug into. Well, you know, like, they tied up so many of the loose ends yeah. here. It's a classic Spider-Man lesson to learn that you're not always going to get what you want, and that the universe isn't fair, and that But, like, what else would have wanting. happened in the next season I mean, you know like, it's like anything spider-man could have gone on forever i mean i mean this, sh- I know, this season saying... five here was as good as any other season it's not like the creators had lost their creative spark right the show was as good as it was it wasn't like the x-men show which was going down the tubes right no all i'm saying is that i don't think anything was left unanswered they tied right. all tied all the loose ends up for so... the wall except for mary jane but story-wise that's tied up you know what's gonna happen yeah i mean she's gonna be fine yeah but i mean and to be fair to the x-men show saying it went down the tubes is not entirely fair to the creators either. They thought the show was ending in season four, and the Beyond Good and Evil finale was supposed to end the series forever. And as if you go back and listen to our episodes, you know we love the Beyond Good and Evil 
storyline. Mm. So that would have been an epic conclusion to the X-Men animated series. But then Fox is like, no, let's actually do like 10 more episodes or something. So the, the writers had to scramble to write more episodes. And they also had to... They had to change Beyond Good and Evil a little bit, and they also had to get cheaper animation because Saban cheaped out at the end. Yeah. So the show looked bad. I mean, we I remember we watched those season five episodes, and they weren't quite as bad as we remember. There's like a few here there and there. There were some good ones, yeah. There were some good ones, and there were some bad ones for sure. I mean, the animation fairy tale was terrible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the storylines on some of them were very good still. But the last episode was surprisingly good. It wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, like the Spider-Man show ended way better than the X-Men show did, for sure. Yeah, agreed. And, uh, and you know, it ended better than the Batman show, which didn't really end. It, like the see, like the fan, like that's the problem. If the show is too big of a hit and it goes on forever, the whole storyline gets diluted in a way where you don't even know what's happening. Right. I mean, I've talked about like how I don't even think I've ever even properly seen the end of the Batman animated series because it doesn't like properly end. I mean, someone's going to correct me because <laughs> I'm sure like there probably is some kind of weird passing in the baton, but they changed the animation style and then they spun off the character into different TV shows, Justice League and like other stuff happening. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm saying with the Spider-Man series right. is like, yeah, you know, I'm sure they could have made it a, another season or a few more seasons or whatever that was still good. But in a way, it's nice to go out on a high note. Right. And so speaking of high notes and themes of five, apparently in this episode, you know, episode 65, season five, chapter boards. I mean, Secret Wars Chapter 5. This episode gets a 5 out of 5 for me. (laughs) Despite the little nitpicks that we had in there. Yeah, yeah. that's just for fun. This is like another example of an arc, a story arc that lasts several episodes that like, yes, I could just sit down and watch like all five episodes of the Secret Wars Mm -hmm. back to back and have it feel like a movie. Right. In in your home, you know. It would have been a good little hour and a half. But like if it was stitched together and you know presented as a movie like that would make me happy i, would I, like that. I agree it's good um it's very good it's excellent uh spider-man anime series un- kind of underrated in a way in people's memories people think there's more fondness you see online for x-men and for good reason because at its peak x-men was better but spider-man more consistent from start to finish for mm-hmm. sure and definitely a fun roller coaster ride as we've talked about throughout mm-hmm. the five seasons here and oh my god we've i can't believe we actually have finished this series because mm-hmm. it just feels like yesterday that we started it to yeah be honest. and so much has changed since when we started this podcast and this one has ended in terms of our lives world. and the world at large yeah um so let's transition a bit uh as we wrap up here uh, again the future of the podcast it, we will continue, um, you know, stay, stay tuned, uh, dear listeners, mm-hmm. but you know, what's, what exactly we do kind of a bit of mystery, but that's, that's more the reason for it to be fun. But before we go, we'd be remiss if we just didn't spend a minute or two talking about what's been going on in the world. I mean, we talked previously in this podcast about the world changing, uh, coronavirus pandemic that has rocked you know, the way all of us live. And now we're in uh, another crisis moment with, you know, a few weeks ago, the murder of George Floyd by the Minneapolis Police Department and the overall uh, uh, systemic institutionalized racism in the American judicial policing system um, that needs to be fixed and changed. So, you know, we are the X-Men Test podcast and it's just we're a fun little nostalgic podcast that hopefully helps provide um, our listeners and ourselves too with like a pleasant distraction. But really 
Um, it's just one of these things where you just you have to acknowledge what's happening and you have to say things like Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, we are against fascism and white nationalism. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't mean to say it like I have to say it like, uh, you know, someone's making me. No, it's like I'm, I want to say it because these are my actual beliefs and I, I just have this compulsion to put them out there, you know, because even though, um, you know, we talk about X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons, uh, it's if you I just feel like if you have any sort of public platform, be it big or small, it's important to just bring any modicum of awareness to what's happening, because th these are historic events taking place in our society. And to just pretend like they don't exist is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we don't have the answers. We're doing a lot of reading and a lot of listening and um, supporting the, the movement in any ways that we can. And uh, it's just something that's been on our minds, you know, especially reflecting back on this show now that we finished a second series. Uh, we were amongst ourselves just talking about the X-Men uh, animated series and the topics of anti-bigotry, anti-racism, anti-oppression that were brought up there. Those Friends of Humanity episodes. Especially, yeah. What an incredible villain to be introduced in a children's cartoon. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's not an antidote, but if you have small children in your life that <laughs> haven't seen the X-Men Task pod, uh, not podcast, the X-Men Task <laughs> show, I'm just used to saying it all together. Um, you know, you're home during a pandemic, it might be a nice time to show it to them amongst what other, whatever other reading and watching material you have for them. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. Good messages. And um, is there anything else to say, really? I don't think so. Um, it's just, it's a topic that's never really going to end in a way, so we don't want to be glib about putting a, a cap on it right. in any sense. It's just, it's something that uh, our society is struggling and dealing with, and it's going to take a lot of work to go through. So, um, you know, it, it's just something that's, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, it's a long road to, to haul here. So, right. We just hope that something good comes out of it and it's, um, productive. Yeah. Let's hope that this moment in history is something that's actually going to point towards the positive and, and not the negative, which I'm, I mean, for me, I'm hopeful that it will. Yeah. So uh, that's all I have today, Sonia. Do you have any final words before we depart yet again? Black Lives Matter. <laughs>